Hi, welcome to Love Faith Talkers. We are here to talk about the topics that matter to real life Christians just like you. Topics like anxiety, fitness, loneliness in church, Christians in the workplace, depression, and even food. We interview psychologists, preachers, businessmen, and businesswomen, and people just like you. We're here to help you find the hope, inspiration, and courage you need to live your life the way God intends. As an empowered, thriving Christian. Hi, everyone. We are back. Thank you for your patience as David and I were both pretty sick. He was sick. Then he gave his sickness to me. What? Yes. <laughs> and then even sometimes um, we're still kind of sick, just a lot of fatigue um, that can hit us suddenly. But we really appreciate your patience. And for those of you who did know, thank you for praying for us during that time. Originally, this episode was going to be released on Memorial Day. Wow, that's pretty far back. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to ask David what some of his go-to Memorial Day movies are. Do you want to touch on that briefly? Yeah, briefly. I mean, since I was gypped. And I, and I mean, I, yeah. I think it's okay since, um, I don't know, like from Memorial Day through July 4th. I mean, you got Memorial Day. You got the day that the last day of slavery in the U.S. and America's birthday. So it's kind of like an America fest from one time to the other. So we're still in the zone. But, um, I mean, I think that some of my must-watch movies every year leading up to it are uh, Taking Chance um, with Kevin Bacon in it, which is about a Marine who is um, escorting another Marine back home for his funeral. It's a really powerful, very, very powerful movie. Uh, We Were Soldiers, um, the Vietnam era with Mel Gibson. Uh, definitely bloody, but very potent. And I really like the way that it emphasizes the effect it had on people back home too. So that's something I really like. Saving Private Ryan is a 100% must watch. I mean, just when you get to the end of the movie and, and Tom Hanks, character is looking up at him as he dies and says, earn this. And he just wants to make sure he lived a good life, which I really think is the message of Memorial Day. Right. Uh, and then Act of Valor, because it's a more modern one, and those were Active Duty Navy SEALs. So those are just some of the ones I watched. Obviously, there's other ones, but yeah, those are my highlights. Oh, you should tell the story really quick about Act of Valor when we went to the when theater. When we went to the theater. That, that was yeah. pretty cool. It, it is cool. What <clears throat> what she's referring to is when we went to Act of Valor to see it for the first time. Um, minor spoiler alert. Uh, so if you've never seen Act of Valor, I'm going to spoil it. You might want to just skip for a couple of moments if you don't want to find out what happens. But basically, when you get to the end of the movie one of the main characters has died and um, they have a tradition in the SEAL community that whenever they go to the funeral of an active duty SEAL that was killed, they take their trident, which is the uh, emblem for the Navy SEALs, and they will actually pound it into the lid of the casket. And they got to that part and the first SEAL goes up and he starts he pounds the, the, uh, his, his trident in and then the next seal does and every seal that's doing it, I'm starting to tear up and I'm starting to blubber and I'm feeling like an idiot because I'm crying here in this movie and then I look around and I see all these other people in the theater, men, like everyone is crying and so I felt, you know, it was kind of cool to have that shared experience where we all had such a, a visceral reaction uh, to that movie, it definitely drove its point home. And I was going to say, too, leaving the theater, um, you know how usually there's, like, a lot of buzz talk and, yeah, like, people are excited or whatever when they're leaving? Well, I guess depending on what movie you see. 
we don't really see like no, but creepy people, movies people or whatever. discuss it regardless. But yeah, so when we were leaving, it was like super quiet. Like nobody was saying anything. Yeah. It was a really powerful experience to to have seen that. Plus, that was the first movie my dad saw in theaters. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so Act of Valor is really, really cool. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. But regardless of your movie playlist, one thing is certain. If you are a Christian, you've definitely heard a lot about faith. Um, faith is a central part of our Christian lives. However, for many of us, so is fear and doubt. So depending on... Our pastors and mentors, the messages that we may have heard regarding that relationship among the relationship, wow, can't talk, among these concepts can vary widely and may even cause some confusion. Some people will teach that fear and doubt are sin that cannot coexist with faith. Is that accurate? Um, no, I don't think it's accurate at all. I mean, I understand where they're coming from because, um, it's a natural conclusion that fear and doubt are themselves sin whenever you teach it this way, because what will happen is they'll take Romans 13, 23, uh, the second part of the verse, which says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And they'll say, see, if, if you, you don't, if you have fear and you have doubt, that's sin. But the first rule of Bible study is context. Hmm. It's context. And this passage is about personal convictions that aren't necessarily sins in and of themselves, but rather the fact that people believing that they are sinning because they are violating their conscience, not because they're sinning. Which, again, in the Bible, that you run into this a lot with, uh, usually with meat offered idols and things of that nature. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's more about violating your own conscience. Um, I mean, a preacher once said this. He said, the opposite of faith is certainty. Not the opposite of faith is fear. The opposite of faith is doubt. The opposite of faith <coughs> is certainty. I mean, that makes sense, right? Yeah. You don't need faith if there is no fear or doubt. There is cert certainty. Um, doesn't the Bible also tell us that the just shall live by faith? Right. Exactly. We have to have faith. And again, there's differing levels of faith and doubt and fear, but it doesn't mean they can't coexist. And you have to have just a little bit of uh, of doubt and or fear because if there's no possibility for it to fail then there is no need for faith but well that brings me to a question i want to ask you what, what about the concept of perfect peace or the peace mm -hmm. that passes all understanding because that's usually what people talk about you know oh i just god just gave me this peace that passes all understanding and what do you think about that i think the key thing to remember is that god can give us peace that passes all understanding he can provide perfect peace it doesn't mean that he always will or that it will even happen every single time and some people seemed like they had this like david when he faced goliath elijah on mount carmel jl with the tent spike ah. my favorite yeah my favorite too <laughs> I, I like that i was just talking about this the other day with my new co-worker about how uh yeah give me a, a woman who's willing to uh spike a dictator's head to the ground or you know I, I like oh, that. Oh, which is funny because remember, okay, this is not in our notes, but I just have to say. So when I was younger, I went to private Christian school and we had Bible character dress up day. And I, so you had like all these people dressing up as like 
I don't know, pastors and missionaries and, you know, those kind of things. And then here I come as JL with a hammer and a big nail. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yes, it's awesome. <laughs> we, were, we were destined for each other. Absolutely. So, I mean, the, the point is that this is true sometimes because that's what you were just saying. There are some people that it, they have a high amount of confidence in God and they don't have a lot of fear and doubt. So we don't want to make it sound like we're saying that if you have this high confidence in God that there's something wrong with you either. Right. You know. David, fine. Elijah, fine. JL, fine. But then again, Elijah, just one chapter later, is not fine anymore. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So the point is that this is true sometimes. I think that it's situational and probably individualized per person. Um, and that the whole point of this is that we shouldn't be so black and white in how we interpret having peace or not having peace, basically. Right? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, just to to give room and to read in the in the scriptures and understand that there was a wide variety of responses in the way that people um, that people acted, which we're going to get into that a, a little bit in the future. Yeah. So peace is a terrible measuring stick for doing God's will. Just because you have peace does not mean you are on the right track, and the lack of having peace doesn't mean you are on the wrong track. And so often we see, or hear, I guess, (laughs) a lot of people say, I just have peace about it, or I just don't have peace about it. And usually that's not all the time, but we have seen it to where it's being said so that it's justifying their actions or their decisions. Right. And again, the point is, is that God doesn't promise that. Uh, I mean, for the concept of peace that passes all understanding, the context of Philippians 4 is being braced for the Lord's judgment on the earth. Because Paul says, the Lord is at hand. It's not a free check to be used in every instance. Uh, It is a comfort in trying times. You know, so if you're trying to decide if... um, If you're trying to decide, you know, about about making a big decision in life, well, I just don't have peace about it, I just don't have peace about it. There are plenty of times that that's not the case because God can often give peace in the middle of a storm. But for God to give peace, that means that there wasn't peace to begin with. So the point is what we're saying is there's a lot of times when God is going to uh, have instances where he sends us into something that there isn't peace and you're still doing the right thing. And then maybe God gives you peace in the middle of it while you're dealing with it. That's that's kind of the difference. Now, speaking of the Bible, because again, this is a very biblically heavy-based episode, uh, which is fine. Hey, we're a Christian podcast, so we're not going to apologize hey, for I that. I just have to say something. Like yeah, that. go for it. I just thought it was interesting that you said um, God can give us peace in the middle of the storm. Because, I don't know, I've heard that before, but it's interesting because... We usually say things like, oh, I don't have peace about making this decision or doing this. But that's interesting because it's like you already did it and you're kind of, you're already in it. And Mm -hmm. that's when he gives the peace. Not all the time, but sometimes. It's very interesting. Yeah, and that's good because what you reminded me of right here is something that happened to me when I was in college where um, I decided I was going to go work for the West Branch camp of the Bill Rice Ranch. Um, I went to camp there as a teen camper for years, and uh, I loved it. I worked one summer there as a teenager, and I committed to go to the camp, and then 
I thought about my, my school bill and I thought, should I really be going to a place that's going to pay me 50 bucks a week? Um, to do all this ministry work when I've got a school bill I have to pay. And I started to really get the idea that I don't think I should be doing this, but I already told him I, sh- I was going to, and like they were depending on me. So I called my pastor to ask him what he thought. And then I told him, I said, you know, I'm thinking I made the wrong choice. And he said, okay, well, whether you made the wrong choice or not, did you tell him you were going to do it? And I said, yeah, I did. He said, well, then if I were you, I would stick with my word and trust God to, you know, take care of things. And it was one of the best summers I had. I was very uncomfortable going there, and I really did not want to leave there because I grew so much in that summer, and my, my bill was fine. So anyway, <laughs> I digress. So again, um, talking about some of the uh, biblical examples, and thank you for bearing with us through our coughing. We still are on the back end of it. We got lots of cough drops. I mean, I'm seeing like 12 on the desk. Uh, but let's look at some biblical examples of people who exercised faith in the face of fear and or doubt because, again— the main thing is, is if you have fear or doubt, we don't want you to stop and perseverate on the fact that you have fear or doubt as if for some reason you shouldn't be doing what you're doing or that that's somehow an indicator that you're not doing God's will. We want to show you that you can still do God's will even if you have fear and doubt. So really the first person that comes to my mind uh, is Job. Because think about Job in Job 3, 25 through 26. He said this, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me and that which i was afraid of is come unto me i was not in safety neither had i rest neither was i quiet yet trouble came and this is not talking about what happened to job after everything hit the fan he was talking about literally the years before that when he had all his wealth and he had all his money and he had all his kids he that time he lived his life afraid that this was going to happen and yet he still did what God wanted him to do. So Job is my first example. And then we have Jairus in Mark 9, 24. He says, Lord, I believe, help thy, help thou mine unbelief. Right, which is a really, really powerful statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love that one. Gideon, Gideon is a perfect example. <coughs> Gideon had so much doubt. He asked God for a sign. Uh, God gives him a sign, cooks him a dinner. Uh, he asked God for another sign. He decides it's not descriptive enough. He asked God for God. He kept asking God for signs because of that. So you got Gideon. Who else we got? You have Esther, um, which she said, if I perish, I perish. Kind of like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't have a choice. <laughs> but I'm doing it. Right. Yep. Yep. Moses is another example. See, because this Moses is an interesting one because the Bible doesn't say he had a speech impediment. The Bible says in the book of Acts 7.22, that Moses was mighty in word and deed. Moses is the one who claimed he had a speech problem, which means that Moses was afraid and making excuses um, for what he did. Um, another one is Martha. Um, and I really like this example of Martha uh, in John chapter 11, whenever Lazarus died. And in John 11.24-27, through Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She says, She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. She couldn't even affirm what Jesus just said. Because she was saying, I believe there's going to be a resurrection at the end. Jesus said, Yeah, but I'm telling you, I can resurrect him now. Do you believe this? And she's like, well, I believe that you're the Messiah. She couldn't even get that far. I just think that's pretty neat. 
Um, then we have the woman with an issue of blood. And she's another great example. After Jesus asked who touched my clothes in Mark 5, 31 through 33, it tells us, and his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me. And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. She was afraid to come forward and tell the truth, but she went ahead and did it anyway. Okay, so right there what we have are a lot of examples from the Bible of people who clearly had fear and or doubt about what they were facing, and they were still able to do God's will, every single one of those instances. We also want to share with you some personal uh, examples of our own lives where we had some kind of fear and or doubt that hit us as opposed to just having great, you know, uh, confidence in the moment. I mean, like, I don't want to make it sound like I live my life in, in, in constant terror and I never have confidence in God. I sometimes have great confidence in God. When God revealed to me that I was going to uh, Mary Nikki, I had fantastic confidence that it was going to happen. I had no idea how, but I had a high degree of confidence. Other times in my life, not so much. I mean, I think that our current life situation is kind of like this for me, um, where it's just we've been disappointed or hurt so often that I'm skeptical. I'm, I'm just being real with y'all. I'm sometimes skeptical that we're ever going to find what we're actually looking for. Um, you know, it just seems like I'm disappointed in one thing or another, and I want to know when the the things that I feel that God wants us to do, we're going to get all the way to. And not that we're not doing what we think God wants us to do now. We are. It's just that I think that God has specific plans in mind that I just sit here and go, is it ever going to happen? You know, did I, did I read it wrong? Has the situation changed too much? And there are times whenever... I don't necessarily feel like getting up and preaching or I don't necessarily feel like reading my Bible to talk to God or to pray and have that fellowship with him. Uh, I don't always want to share the, a, a gospel track because I'm, I'm dealing with the recovery of, you know, my faith through the spiritual trauma that we've been dealt. And, I, and people do the best they can. But for me, I just, right now, faith for me is one foot in front of the other. It literally is, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Because I've, I've just got light enough for the very next step. And I trust God through it. And I trust God that maybe, for example, this podcast will help or bless somebody. Or something else that I happen to do will bring God honor and glory. And in the end, I guess we'll see what God has planned. But my point is, is that I don't just walk through skipping along right now like yeah man god's got this and it's coming and i'll be fine now i'm, I'm most days no i would say most days but some days i'm definitely not fine uh and in, in those days i just have to say hey god i trust you and um i have no idea how this is going to happen so this is what you said i'm just trusting you so uh that's that's my example what do you got so my example is um, back to when, I mean, there's several I could give, but I think Whoa. this is a really good one. Um, when, after I had my panic attack, <clears throat> I, so I do work inside of people's homes. I do applied behavior analysis. Um, 
And at this time, I was working directly with patients in their homes. Um, So I was the one who would go in daily and work with different kids. Um, And I I can't remember if it was the week after my panic attack or maybe two weeks. I don't know because I know I took some time off work. Um, because I was really struggling and you know that because you saw it all and yep. <laughs> helped me through it. Um, <clears throat> but I, I didn't want to go to work. I <clears throat> was having so much anxiety and I believe at the time spiritual oppression as well. Um, and I, um, I was uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> It was hard just even driving to this patient's house just because I had had this panic attack while I was driving. And so there's that history there. But I did it anyway. And I got, I remember sitting outside of the patient's house, like in front of the gate. And I was terrified to go in. And I got there early because I'm usually a very early person. (laughs) I think I was like 10 or 15 minutes early. And I was sitting there and I wanted to cancel. And I remember thinking like, oh, I should just cancel. I should go back home. Um, You know, it's safer at home, whatever. All those thoughts that come in, like, what if I have a panic attack when I'm working with the kid? Like all these different things, all these different thoughts running through my mind. And I was literally, I had so much um, anxiety and just panic attack symptoms Um, I was like shaking. I wasn't actually having a panic attack, but I was definitely like borderline panic attack. And for those of you who struggle with that, you know what that feels like when you're like on the edge and like one small thing can push you over into a panic attack. And that's where I was. And I remember sitting in the car and I told God, I said, (laughs) so I don't know if I can do this. But I'm going to do it and you're going to have to help me. And that was literally, you know, my way of saying, like, I, I'm really struggling right now. But a little part of me believes that you can help me, even though it's a very, very small piece, (laughs) like very, very small. And I remember just telling God, um, just being very open with him. I mean, because truthfully, he already knows what we're thinking anyway. So might as well just say it out loud, you know. So we had that little discussion. And right after I said that, I didn't even give myself another chance to think about it. I just got my stuff and like went up to the door and went inside. And I would love to say that everything was so great and God really came through. And, you know, I had peace the whole time I was in there. But that's not what happened. Actually, when I was in there, I um, I, <laughs> I had... What is it called? Like when you can see yourself. Derealization. Yeah. Yeah. So I had that happen to me while I was in there working with the patient. And this was like, I was in there for, I want to say two and a half to three hours. So this was not like a 10 minute or 30 minute time frame. Like this was a long time frame of being in there, um, <clears throat> trying to keep my composure while working with someone else on skills that they need to learn. And yeah, so I had that. And the derealization, like I literally was standing on one side of the room and I, it's the weirdest experience, but like I could see myself sitting like several feet over, kind of creepy if you think about, but yeah, so I had that happen. And then, um, just throughout the whole session, I was having a lot of anxious thoughts and actually some oppressive thoughts too, 
that I'm not going to get into. Um, but my whole point in saying all this is that I, even though I didn't have like the peace or, you know, everything didn't go as one would hope, <laughs> I made it, you know, and I was okay. And I came out and I remember thinking like, wow, that was very intense. And I dealt with a lot of anxiety through that. But you know what? I did it. And I was okay. I mean, it was awful during it, but I made it. It wasn't as bad as I it could have been right as I had imagined. <laughs> um, and yeah, I made it. But I guess my whole point is that it's not always going to look like peace, you know, <laughs> like Jesus is here, peace, you know, it's not always like that. Like sometimes it's, <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing that. I don't know why I'm, I, I'm just that, laughing because but... it reminds me of on Gilmore Girls whenever, um, <laughs> whenever Kirk plays uh, Jesus in the, uh, um, the, the, uh, uh, live painting thing and he's walking around acting like Jesus. Oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know why. That's so random. But yeah, so it's not, you know, it can be like that. And you know, some people I'm sure have stories where it is like that. That was not my story or my experience. And so that's why we're saying that there can be different experiences and one is not better than the other. It just kind of is. And it's interesting because through that, I learned that, guess what? I can still do hard things. I can still do challenging things. And is it always going to look you know, like there's no issues. Um, no, like my experiences show me that's not, but guess what? Even if it doesn't look like that, it's okay. You can still do it. You know, God can still help you through that. Yeah. Sorry. That was really long. No, that was really, really good though. <laughs> if you, if you, you can share another story if you want to. That was really, really good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if my voice, <laughs> you know, your voice will hold out. Hold yeah. No, I, I understand. I just think it's a, it's a perfect example that, and, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to toss another very short one in. Literally this morning, I, I had the privilege of preaching at our church. And I've had nothing but anxiety about it since the Lord gave me this message like a month ago. I've been very uncomfortable. I thought it was a, a, a strange, like, God, why do you want me to preach this? And, and even up to this morning, right before I'm getting ready to go up, we're, we're, we're listening to uh, our, our worship leader sing a song. And I'm standing there in or sitting there at the time in the chair going, okay, God, you show me this is the message you want to preach. It doesn't make any sense to me. I just, I trust you. You're going to have to really, I mean, I know I always ask you to do this, but I'm telling you, I need you to, to take over. And so I went up there and, and I just preached the message. Did I have, have like you said, peace, peace? <laughs> no, not really. But uh, I just did what I felt God wanted me to do. And, uh, you know, made it, we made it through and, and hopefully it did bless some people. Uh, I don't know. But the, the main thing that this is what we want to point out. Not only can faith coexist with fear and doubt, but it requires their presence in order to exist. Granted, the fear and doubt can become rather minuscule, <clears throat> but you aren't a horrible Christian if you're serving God and you have anxiety and doubts. Right. And then also remembering that unbelief is a sin, not doubt. Succumbing to fear is a sin, not anxiety. And just remember that God cast out a demon for the faith of a man who couldn't even say he believed without stating his doubt. In Matthew seventeen twenty, Christ said, the faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain, which is what I think... 
I had that day. <laughs> yep. And that man, isn't that powerful? Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Same sentence. So the point is, you don't have to be like David charging Goliath to live the Christian life. You just need faith despite your fear and doubt. And if God gives you the giant charging kind of a faith, that's awesome. Praise God. Go with that. But you can still, uh, on the exact other hand of the story, be like this man who Jesus is saying, hey, if you believe I can do this, and he very, like he cries out literally almost, because one of the passages says that he cried out. I mean, I can almost hear the moan, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Like, <laughs> I'm struggling here. <laughs> yeah. But in both instances, on one side, a giant fell, and a different kind of giant fell whenever the, the devil was cast out of the child. One had had giant charging faith, and one had had very very little little faith. So we just hope that this blesses you and encourages you that no matter what you're going through, if you got some doubt about the situation, it doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. You got some fear about the situation, it doesn't mean you're in sin. You might be doing the right thing, and that's just a normal human reaction that you're going through. Again, we want to thank you so much for having patience for us as we've been off these last two weeks. We've been we literally had this whole episode prepped and ready to go. <laughs> And, and then I woke up and nope, not much happened after that. And then, uh, okay, I guess I grudgingly admit that I probably passed on my sickness to you. Oh my gosh, but you should tell them how that went down. Oh, that. yes. <laughs> okay, so funny funny story here. So, you know, I'm... I'm... Wait, wait, wait. I just have to say that. So with COVID, since what? When did that start? 2019? End of 2020. 2020. Well, we assume it started at the end of 2019. Okay. We have not we have not had COVID. No, and you've had a lot of close contacts and I, with people. Yeah. So which is weird because I work in very close proximity with a lot of people um in their homes on top of that. And then of course, you know, different like church functions and stuff. Um, well, you know, all the social distancing and stuff. But yeah. my point is is that we haven't surprisingly we hadn't gotten it yet right so then we went to church and we we uh we had this one person there don't go to church moral of the story (laughs) don't go to church sick (laughs) is the moral of the story that's true but uh, he wasn't feeling well he told us he wasn't feeling well and then we found out later that he had covid and then um i made it all through the next week and saturday i started to feel kind of funny um and then sunday morning i woke up and i was just like i'm gonna die and I said, you're taking a test. Right, which I was planning on, and it was positive. And I had already messaged everyone and said we weren't coming. So I'm kind of, you know, going through the week and, and just dealing with it. And, and one morning, Nikki walks Oh, wait, wait. In. But because I work in homes with people, I thought it would be responsible to take COVID tests, like, at home before going out to patients' homes because I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, with you having COVID. Like, I want to make right. sure I'm not going out and possibly infecting people um, if I do have it. So I took a test. I want to say it was Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. And, and I was then, negative. And I was sleeping in the guest room. So I would no hopefully symptoms. not infect her. And all of a sudden she just walks in, opens oh, the Wednesday door. Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning she walks in, opens the door. And she's just like, oh, I tested positive for COVID and walks back out. It was like, oh, it's raining today. Or, <laughs> you know, like, oh, um, you know, I got to get some gas in the car. Oh, I have COVID. Just like, eh. <laughs> and then uh, it, it hammered you like two days later. I think yeah, yeah. You were, you were so preemptively testing But that. it was funny because I think I had Starbucks too. And I was like, oh, I got you Starbucks. Oh, and by the way, yes. I tested positive for COVID. 
And you just like looked at me like, huh? Because I. <laughs> it was so nonchalant. It was like out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was fine that day. I think it was the next day where I started having symptoms or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And I, but... I mean, don't get me wrong. Overall, I think our symptoms were fairly low. Neither Mild, one of us yeah. had um, fevers ever. We just had debilitating head pain, coughing. Everything tasted mega salty to me for a little while. I didn't have changes. But it was very brief. Yeah, you didn't have that. And the, our main thing that we've had is fatigue and lots of it. But Well, and a little dizziness. And, yeah, well, and, and that too. But And, and it lingers. But, but people part, have had it way worse. Yeah. Like, yeah. we were very fortunate not to yeah, have I mean, Neither one of us even took any medicine for it because my, my doctor said it wouldn't make any difference uh, for me. But, but we, yeah, the whole point is that, I don't know, I thought that was funny. No, that was funny. It was and just you were like, you just came in and you're like... And then oh, you by the way, I have COVID. You almost like skipped out of the room. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my goodness. Just so casual. But uh, anyway, <laughs> we're really glad to be back with you. And again, thank you for your patience. And so we're, we're really excited to keep bringing you um, Love Fate Tacos. And if you want to, if you've got a topic that you want us to talk about, or maybe you have a question or a thought about something we said, please feel free to email us at lovefatetacos at gmail.com. That's lovefatetacos at gmail.com. We really appreciate you hanging out with us here. Make sure you tell a friend about us if it blessed you because we should always try to share our blessings with other people. And uh, God willing, no one getting sick. We will see you all next week. Thank you for joining us on Love Faith Tacos. We hope this has been a blessing to you. If it was, we ask that you do three things. Number one, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Number two, Please leave us a five-star rating and write a review if you can. And number three, please tell a friend because hope is just too important not to share.